And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by his same Spirit living within you. Soundstripe. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Lord I Need You podcast. My name is Casper Schistel, and this is episode seven, The Trinity, The Applier, part three. This is the last part to a part three series that we've been doing on the Trinity. Kind of sad because I've been loving this uh, series, and I've been loving understanding it and growing in it, but this is the last part, um, The Trinity, The Applier, so I guess you can guess that we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, which is super exciting. I don't know why, but the church has kind of pushed away kind of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's kind of an afterthought. I think it's because some people think of it as like a voodoo topic or something like that. I don't understand why, because the Holy Spirit is amazing. It's a beautiful thing, and it's so cool to grow your knowledge on and to understand really what the Holy Spirit is. And with this episode, with how it relates into the Trinity, and kind of wrapping up the Trinity in general. So, that's what we'll be talking about today, so get excited. Uh, but before I get into any of that, I'm going to do our plugs real quick, um, just because that helps us, you know, helps remind you, helps reminds me. we got to get this out there. we got to share this with as many people as possible so we can get the word of the Lord and what the Lord is wanting people to hear, get it out there to as many as possible. So you can find this podcast, The Lord I Need You Podcast, literally anywhere you listen to your podcast. You'll find it on Apple Music. You'll find it on Nope, not Apple Music. <laughs> Wrong platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podchaser, um, TuneIn. Yeah, all those different platforms where you can find podcasts, you'll find it there. You can also find clips of the podcast. So kind of like whenever there's a new episode out, there'll be a clip. You can find it on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, just search up Lord I Need You and it'll come up with the uh, podcast. And also one thing I keep forgetting on saying, I haven't said it like in every episode, but thanks to my mama, um, she reminded me of that, that guys leave a like if you're, of course, if you're feeling led to do it. If you're not feeling led to, you don't have to, I'm not pressuring you, but it really does help me. It helps get this word out to as many people because of the algorithm that Spotify and, and all of them use, but leave a like, um, leave a rating, uh, leave a leave a comment, tell me how I could do better um, for you guys, um, obviously, respectfully, in a nice way, but uh, leave a review, uh, especially, leave love, love to leave a review to those who, because at the end of every episode, I give an opportunity to give your life to Christ, so for those who do give their life to Christ, put that at the end of the episode, kind of leave that in a review, that would be awesome, um, I would love to hear that, um, if you are one of those people, so yeah, just leave reviews, comment, like, share, do all that good stuff. You know how to do it. So before we dive in to kind of a series update and then the actual episode, we're going to pray, um, kind of pray over this episode and pray over you guys. So uh, if you're able, please bow your head, close your eyes, um, put your hands together and take off your hats in respect of speaking to the Lord Almighty. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we get to spend with you together. Uh, Lord, I pray that for those who are listening, that their ears are open that um, they're open to what you have for them and they're ready to receive uh, the words that you have for them, Father. Um, and for those who are traveling at this moment while they're listening, keep them safe while they're on the road or in the air or wherever they are, Father, keep them safe so they can really focus on to what you have today. Father, for me, I pray that you give me the confidence and the ability to speak your words. And if I'm not speaking your words, I pray, Lord, that you close my mouth. Um, as you have before, and so that I may speak purely of you and just your messenger. Uh, Father, thank you for this time. Open up our hearts to the Trinity and what it means and to the Holy Spirit. 
um, as he moves through this word. Uh, We thank you so much, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's get started on a series update here. So obviously in the first part, we talked about um, God the Father being the planner and his ultimate plan and then um, and how his plan is good. And then in the part two, we've talked about Jesus, uh, the Son of Man, and how he's the accomplisher of God's plan um, coming down to this earth uh, to accomplish all these miracles, but to specifically accomplish dying on the cross for our sins so we may have um, the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit into our hearts and to ask forgiveness for our sins and to have that personal relationship with him. And we found that through uh, theologians and through studying the word of evidence from the word that the father is the planner, the son is the accomplisher. And today, if you couldn't tell by the title that through that as well, through the word, we have found that the Holy Spirit, his part of the Trinity is the applier. He applies everything that we've learned from um, Jesus and from being here on earth and also from God's plan, he applies all all that knowledge to us. And it's kind of our constant um, partner as we go through our daily lives. So that's his job or role in the Trinity. Now, again, we're not trying to put the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in a box. We're just giving them titles to help us understand um, what their job is kind of with the Trinity and what how important they are in our lives. Now, speaking of importance, we don't have as many verses as we had like the last episode. But we still have some, so I'm gonna we're gonna be flipping around. And like I said, I don't love flipping around um, verses. I like kind of diving in real, real deep with one story um, from the Word. But the Holy, uh, the Trinity, that Word is not found in the Scriptures um, yet. It's referenced. Its essence is referenced multiple times. So that's why we have to flip through a bunch of different parts of the Bible so we can find where it is referenced. Um, so before that, for speaking of um, the importance of the Trinity and why we're here talking about it, why the Lord has ha- asked me to talk about it, is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. I've read this every part of this series. We're going to read it again because, again, it's a reminder of why we're doing this and why the Lord asked me um, to speak on the Trinity. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples for the last time before he goes up to heaven. So this is after the resurrection and all that good stuff. So Jesus says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, the whole reason why I read this verse every time is because it's a reminder of how important this is. The reason why I'm the Lord has asked me that I think to speak on the Trinity is because of its importance and because of how often it's get looked over just like the Holy Spirit, because it's a hard topic to understand. But right here, Jesus tells us how important it is because we're even getting baptized by the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's not a coincidence. It's not a, it's not a topic that we need to brush over. It's a topic that we really need to dive into because chronologically, the second most important thing we can do as Christians is get baptized. Because first, obviously, we give our life to Christ. And then getting baptized is kind of like our pronouncing our faith um, to the world, to the ones we love, you know, of, hey, I believe in Jesus. I believe he is the one true king. And I'm going to follow him with all I got. Right? That's like the second most important thing chronologically we can do in our faith. And when we get baptized, we don't just get baptized in the name of God or in the name of Jesus or just in the name of the Holy Spirit. We get baptized in all three. And for Jesus to make it so specific that he that he mentions all three intentionally, that means it's important. That means all three are important in their own unique way. And that's why we've gone through these part these series of the Trinity to really understand what what is their significant role within our lives and why are they so important um, separately. But then at the same time, you know, it's the Trinity. They're all one. They are all God as well. So just to kind of grow our knowledge and understanding of that. And again, growing our knowledge, this is not to give you answers. I can say that over and over and over again. The Trinity is something so spiritual and of God that you will not find a perfect wrapped in a little bow answer given to you. Um, This is something that is hard for all to understand. Um, 
So the reason why this is here is to grow our knowledge on it and just to grow in our faith in it. Um, because it's something that's very important and we need to continue to dive in to what the Lord has for us. And this is something that the Lord has spoken to us through the word and it's important for us to understand and to grow our knowledge on. Now, the reason I also want to dive in specifically is why for some this will not make sense and to others it will make more sense. The reason why there's a disparity between um, understanding it and not understanding it at all is specifically for those who know Christ and those who don't know Christ. If you don't know Christ and you have not received your salvation, this isn't going to make any sense to you. For those who have received salvation, this will make more sense to you than it wouldn't, than if you didn't. And you can continue to grow and to continue to understand the Trinity and to grow in it. Now, the reason that is, is because when we receive our salvation, like we're going to learn here, we receive the Holy Spirit within us. We receive God's Spirit within us. If you have not, you haven't received God's Spirit, obviously. Now, this is spiritual. This is of God. God's Spirit, the Trinity is that. And if you don't know God's Spirit then you and you don't have His Spirit, then you're not going to understand it. Now, here, let me let me give you an example. Let's think of it this way. So if you just met someone for the first time, right? You meet someone for the first time, you don't know them at all. You know, you don't know what they're thinking. You don't know why they do the things that they do. You don't know their intricacies because you don't know them, obviously. Now, over time, if you grow your friendship and you guys click and you become friends for years and years and years, then you start to become family, right? Because you become so close. And once you become that family kind of, that family-like friendship, then you know, some. a lot of times you can know what they're thinking before they even say it. Um, you know their intricacies, you know the reasons why they do what they do, you know, you understand them and you really know their spirit if you want to use a spiritual term. You know their spirit. It's the same thing here. If you don't know God, you're not going to know his spirit and you're not going to know things of him, which is the Trinity, which is of God and is spiritual. You're not going to understand those stuff because you don't know God. Now, once you receive your salvation, the Holy Spirit, unlike a friendship where it's just you learn to know them, the Holy Spirit automatically comes with inside you and you understand who God is. Now, obviously your relationship still needs to grow, but God's spirit is now within you and now you can know um, what he is allowing us to know, what is he showing us. You immediately become a part of his family. So just like that, you become part of his family and you know his intricacies, you know who he is, um, you know the you know why he does he does what he does most of the time because <laughs> not all the time he is still God so there is still that but that's kind of an explanation of why if you don't know Christ this isn't going to make much sense to you at all if not any but with that said if you're here listening and you haven't received your salvation listen to the whole thing um, it's going to be good it's going to be really confusing but at the end the Lord has called me to you know give the opportunity to those who want to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. I give you that opportunity. The Lord has allowed me to give you that opportunity at the end of every message. So stay. And if this is for you and it's your time um, and you feel called to do so, do it. And then go back and listen to it again. Um, because it will show you just some crazy awesome things. And some new things now that you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay. Let's dive into part three, specifically what this is all about. And as we know, through the scripture and through theologians studying the scripture, we have found that the Holy Spirit's role within our lives is being the applier. He applies everything that Jesus, the Son of God, the accomplisher, has taught us in his time here on earth. And also applying everything we know from the word and from God and his ultimate plan to our lives. And because, again, like we, like I was just speaking earlier, when we receive our salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit within us so he can apply everything that Jesus is. Jesus has showed us. Um, so let's dive in to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Don't want to lose any of my marks here in my Bible. Let's dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. Bring my Bible a little closer. It reads, But it was to us that God revealed these things by the Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit. I went a little far. 
But what a beautiful and kind of eye-opening scripture. Because what it's saying here is, this part is proving the Trinity in the fact that God is, they're all one and they're all separate, right? The Trinity is all one and they're all different at the same time. Now here, God revealed that things by his spirit, and spirit is capitalized, meaning, you know, you capitalize someone's name. You capitalize out of importance or titling someone. And the spirit is its own thing, but at the same time, it's also God, which is the confusing part of the Trinity. But it is God's spirit. So we're receiving literally God Almighty Spirit, the God of the universe, the one who created us and created everything around us. We're receiving his spirit into our lives when we receive our salvation. Crazy. Um, and just like I said, once you receive God's spirit, you understand him. You understand who he is. Now, it's a continual work in progress, but it says it right here. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. It shows us everything that God is because we immediately become part of his family and we immediately receive his spirit within us. Um, and then again, proving kind of like the whole thing with if you don't know Christ, you won't know this because you don't know God's spirit. Um, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. But since we receive God's spirit when we take our salvation, then we can know his thoughts. So then proving that that when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive him within us, um, which I think is just how loving and how gracious is that, honestly, to, to allow God to like, okay, I'm going to give myself to you immediately after you give yourself to me. So it's an even trade and... I mean, honestly, it's not even trade because we're giving our sinful selves to him and he's giving his holy self to us. So it's not even one bit. But um, you know what I'm saying, as in what a beautiful God and loving God that is to give himself to us um, again after we're going to continue to sin in our lives and after Jesus already gave himself before. So can't thank him enough for that. We're also going to go because we're going to kind of piggyback off this with another verse. We're going to go to Acts the book of Acts, verses 1, no, chapter 1, verse 8. So let me get there real quick. Chapter 1, verse 8, and it reads, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be in my witness telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So again, just proving that we receive God's almighty power and his spirit within us when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and take our salvation. Now, I do want to back up all the way to verse 6 because this is when the apostles are kind of, they met Jesus and they're like, let's go, let's go uh, take over and free Israel and restore our kingdom and restore your kingdom. You know, they're kind of like that thinking Jesus coming as a warrior king um, and obviously being proven very wrong <laughs> that that's not what jesus came to do but it says in verse six so when the apostles were with jesus they kept asking him lord has the time come for you to free israel and restore our kingdom and then if we keep reading to verse seven, he, he ends up proving which i think is beautiful he's proving the lord as the planner his father as the planner he replied the father alone has authority to set those dates and times and they are not for you to know so Beautiful in the fact that there's Jesus, the accomplisher, is proving his father as the planner, saying he has the time and dates. I'm following his plan. But then at the same time, I do want to I do want to say that, and they are not for you to know. When Jesus says that, we got to remember that this is God. Yes, we receive His Holy Spirit, and yes, we understand Him, and yes, we become part of His family. But He is still God. And those are things that our feeble earthly minds, even with the Holy Spirit, aren't going to be able to understand because it is God Almighty, God of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I am, right? So we're not going to be able to understand everything and understand everything he does like the Trinity, but we can grow in it more once we receive his Holy Spirit. So now let's go to uh, John, the book of John, uh, chapter 14, verse 26. Because this kind of talks about all three. It kind of talks about the trinity of the planner, the accomplisher, and the applier. And applying them all. So chapter 14, verse 26. It reads, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, 
This is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So right there, it says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, so the planner and his plan sends the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So again, saying that the Holy Spirit is the applier. It's applying everything Jesus has told us and taught us as his time here on earth. Because they're all one, we receive Jesus and God inside of us and the Holy Spirit because they're all one. As we move forward and move through life, we have his knowledge. We, that's kind of the, you know, the voice in the back of your head saying what's right or what's wrong. That is the Holy Spirit if you've received your salvation, um, knowing what Jesus has taught us um, years and years and years ago and through the word and all that good stuff. So now let's go just a little bit over uh, to John chapter 16. So I don't even have to flip a page. But we're going to go to John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. Because this kind of speaks a little bit more on the Holy Spirit and why and you know what it does for us. So it reads, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on us on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Wow, that's a lot in there. But I want to go to when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide us into all truth. Again, that's the truth of the word. That's the truth of the Ten Commandments. That's the truth of Jesus. And as we go through our days and as we're faced with sin on our day-to-day basis, that's the gnawing behind us and the knowing what is sin and what is right, what is wrong, and all that good stuff. Now, I also want to kind of go into a story, kind of a above PG-13 story. But I have a story about a friend of mine who is going into the film industry. He's going into the film industry, and obviously that is an industry that is very far from God. Not many of God's representatives are in that industry, sadly, but my friend is one of them, one of the few that is of God and going and is being led into this industry and partly to kind of speak the truths of the Lord. You know, thanks to the help of the Holy Spirit within him, he can speak on uh, Jesus' truths that he has taught us. But he met a friend, so my my. My friend's friend, so friend number two, we'll call him, and my friend will be friend number one. So friend number two doesn't know Jesus, um, doesn't know him at all. And when they were getting to know each other, when he was getting to know friend number one, and they were just talking, obviously friend number one brought up faith and brought up uh, Christ because that's part of him and that's who he is. And so they were talking, and then the subject of porn and pornography and um, sexual immorality got brought up. And a very open kind of conversation. And I think it's, you know, it's a very important conversation to have because most, if not all men, um, struggle with pornography and all that. I have myself. I still am. We are progressive, not perfect. But they're talking and they're understanding. And because friend number two doesn't have Christ within him, doesn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of him because he has not received his salvation, he had no idea that pornography was even a bad thing. He had no idea that it was hurting him mentally. It was hurting the gift that God has given us, that it was trying to receive a gift that isn't ours yet um, and trying to, you know, take advantage of the gift. He didn't even know any of that. He didn't know any of that was even a problem. And he didn't even realize that in an earthly sense, he was addicted to it. He had no idea that he was addicted to it and yet he couldn't go a day without it. He just thought it was natural. He just thought it was who we are as human beings, and that's just what we do. And it was just an easy way to receive to receive the outcome without going through um, kind of the structure that the Lord has given us so that we can receive the gift in full. And so he didn't even realize, because he doesn't have the Holy Spirit telling us the truths of Jesus and of the Word, as it said here in uh, John chapter 6, verses 13 through 15, he didn't receive that truth because he doesn't know Christ and Christ doesn't dwell within him. But obviously my friend, friend number one, who knows Christ and has received his salvation, has the Holy Spirit dwelling within him, understands that that sex is a gift. It is truly a gift. And it's a gift from God. And it's all part of the gift of 
showing our love in a physical and very emotional way with the one that uh, he has chosen for us. So we have we have one person that he's chosen for us, and if we follow his plan as God is the planner, right, our planner of our lives, we follow his plan, we meet the one, and we give our lives to that one um, and share a beautiful relationship with Christ as the center, a gift of showing our love to each other in a physical and emotional way was the gift of sex so that we can reproduce. But obviously in this world, in this sinful world, we have abused that gift and tried to receive that gift without going through the steps of fully receiving the gift by pornography and all that stuff. And then those who, of course, have not received Christ don't know this, so they believe that that is natural. So again, the truths from Jesus and from the word we receive through the Holy Spirit who dwells within us once we receive our salvation. And for those who have not received their salvation, a lot of times they don't even know. They don't even know that what the truth is and what isn't the truth. Um, and so that is why so many non-Christians believe us as Christians are kind of following some crazy rules because they don't see it as the truth because uh, they don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. So what a crazy kind of realization that is that if you don't have Christ, you don't even know what the truth is. And you can't live your life um, on the side of truth. So crazy. But then I also want to jump in to the second half of this, of these few verses where it says, he will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit will tell you about the future. Kind of crazy, kind of voodoo, kind of, you know, that kind of mysterious, what does that mean? I don't know if I really want to touch it, go into it sort of thing. But this is shown through those who have given their life to Christ, who has who have received their salvation. Sometimes the Lord will give you the gift of uh, prophecy, where the Lord gives you a vision, gives you a dream, um, tells you about it, shows you about the future and what is to come. Because again, God is omnipresent. He knows the past, the present, and the future. So since he knows this and you're part of his family and you received his spirit, he can show you the future, um, and prophesies. And that's where prophecies come through and where uh, the Lord speaks prophecies in his disciples and even the disciples of today, he speaks prophecies into them and they speak it out in faith and then they come true. I mean, let's go back to, I talked about this story. I think it was part two of this series, but the Joseph story where he is favored by his by his father. His twelve brothers hate him. They sell him off into slavery and tells dad that he's dead. And then Joseph goes on this whole train of crazy life, being thrown into slavery, being thrown in jail, um, being accused of something he didn't do, and then all kind of the blessing of following the Lord's plan through it all, becoming the right hand man of Pharaoh um, in Egypt. So, but before then. When he was with his father and with his brothers, he had a. The Lord showed him uh, a vision of the future, and prophesied, gave him a prophecy of the future. And it was of his brothers and his parents all bowing down before him. Now, when he spoke this out in faith, his brothers were outraged. His family thought he was crazy, and um, kind of dismissed the whole thing. But now, many, many, many years later, the prophecy ends up coming true, of course, because it was given to him by the Lord, to where he's standing as the right-hand man of Pharaoh, and there's a famine in the land, and Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of distributing the food to those who need it. And his family, his brothers, not having seen him in years because they threw him away into slavery, and his father, thinking that he's dead, they come to the second to the right-hand man of Pharaoh to get their share of food. And guess what they end up doing? When they get to him, they end up bowing down to him and ask him, not even recognizing who he is, asking him for their share of food so they may survive this famine. And Joseph, knowing who they are, knowing that it's his brothers and realizing that the prophecy that God has given him just came true in front of his eyes, where they're all bowing down in front of him. Prophecies come true because they are from the Lord. And he gives those prophecies to those who have received their salvation. Because you can't know, you can't know that it is from God when it is if you don't know who God is. And again, if you don't know the truth. So awesome stuff. We're gonna go to the next 
verse where this is pretty much a story. So this one's going to be a longer one. We're going to kind of pause throughout the story and talk about it. But we're going to go to Acts chapter 16. We're going to read 16 through 34. So I know it's a long one. Just bear with me as we get through this. But I got some very good things that I feel like the Lord has asked me to share through the story. Now, this is the Paul and Silas in prison story. So Paul and Silas are on a missionary journey. And they are walking through the streets speaking of the Lord. And so this is where it all starts. So in verse 16. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and, and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Now that's a big part right there. So I want to go over this a little bit. Now when that that woman is speaking of these men are servants of the Most High God, they have come to tell you how to be saved. As true as that is, which is what they were doing, this was a demon spirit or spirit of the world or spirit of the evil one and it's using it's saying the truth but it's in a mocking tone it's in a mocking way like oh these are uh, men that can tell you about you know these are servants of the most high god they have come to tell you how to be saved you know kind of joking and making people believe her that you know they're just a bunch of weirdos telling you that you can be saved when really there's no such thing and obviously even though the evil the evil one does have power He does have power over our flesh and over our sinful natures. He is nowhere near as powerful as the Lord Almighty. So that's why when Paul turned around and in the name of Jesus asked the Holy Spirit to take the spirit of evil out of her, the evil spirit had to listen, had to fall in line with the orders of the Lord um, because it is nowhere powerful. So let's keep reading and see what happens. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal to us us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Then they were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So I want to take a take a second and talk about talk about Christian persecution, because again, I know that's a topic that you know we don't really want to talk about because it's not very fun and exciting. It doesn't give you faith and hope and all that stuff, but it's something that's very important. And here. Being blessed to be living in the United States of America, we don't have to really deal with Christian persecution. Now, we've had our first taste of it here um, lately, but nothing compared to what goes on um, in the rest of the world. And so I went on to kind of research and do understand what kind of religious Christianity persecution there is in today's world, because obviously we know back then in the Word, uh, Christianity persecution was crazy. I mean, it, it... tells you all what happened to every disciple that followed Jesus in there. They were all horrific things. But it still happens today. And a lot of people don't like, especially us who live here, don't like to think about it and just kind of push it off to the side. But it is something that happens on a day-to-day basis. And people are literally dying for Christ on a day-to-day basis. Here today. Right now. While you're listening to this, people are dying, giving their life to Christ. So in Christian ChristianityToday.com, they do a annual report, a worldly watch list. So they tell you the countries persecuting Christians in every which way, uh, the countries that aren't safe to go to practice Christianity, um, and they give you some stats on kind of what is going on. And so these are daily stats. So these are every stat that I'm giving to you is every single day. 13 killed daily because of their faith. So every day there's 13 13 Christians killed. Every day, there's 12 churches or Christians that are attacked. So now on top of that killed, there's 12 more that are either attacked and churches that are attacked around the world. Every day, 12 Christians 
justly arrested uh, for their faith on a day-to-day basis. So those being imprisoned, just like here, Paul and Silas being imprisoned um, unjustly, just like that. It still happens today, 12 a day. And then five Christians abducted on a day-to-day basis to do who knows what with. I mean, you can use your imagination. Every day, five Christians abducted. So every day, that's, let's see, 12, 24, 36, 7, over 40 Christians are abused in either of these kind of ways every day. Over 40 for 365 days in a year. Sometimes more, sometimes less. So for those who say that Christian persecution like this doesn't happen anymore, that's they're not looking at the facts. For that happens today. And we might have to be ready to to endure this one day. Hopefully not. I pray the Lord comes before then, before I have to, but we have to be willing to do it. For Jesus did it for us. And he's given us time and time again his life and everything he has for us. And now we have the Holy Spirit within us and we can't give anything back to him. So, I don't know. Just something I wanted to mention, something I wanted to put out there because it's true and it's something we need to understand But let's keep reading and see what happens, because there is hope at the end. There is some awesomeness that happens at the end. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Now hold up. Let's 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 pause there for a second. Have you ever heard of an earthquake that is strong enough but light enough to just br- to only break the chains on their hands and the chains on the doors, but not strong enough to break walls down, to bring the whole dungeon down, or light enough to not break the chains? Yeah, we know of earthquakes that can bring whole buildings down and earthquakes that you can't even feel. But only by the power of the Lord and through the Holy Spirit working within Paul and Silas because they are praising God, the Holy Spirit was able to work through them and bring an earthquake, a miracle that was just enough to break every chain on every prisoner and to break every door open on every prisoner's cell. (laughs) That's impossible. That is impossible, but yet, obviously, with the Lord and with the power that is received and the power that Paul and Silas have because they received the Holy Spirit within them, the Holy Spirit was able to work. And then also that every prisoner in this prison decide to stay sitting. I mean, okay, first, what are the odds, like we've said, are absolutely none, like zero. The odds are zero for just your chains and the doors to be broken open and broken off. And if you're a prisoner especially a prisoner that is unjustly prisoned like Paul and Silas, wouldn't you take that split second, that that luck out of nowhere, because obviously it's not luck, that miracle to run as fast as you can to get out of that prison and to be free? And yet all of them, by the power of the Holy Spirit, reaching over them from Paul and Silas to having them sit and just stay patient and to stay still. They have a chance for freedom, and yet they choose to sit. They choose to sit while the doors are open right in front of them and their chains are off. That's only the power of the Holy Spirit right there. There's no other explanation for that. And so much so that the jailer, the prison ward who doesn't have Christ, has not received his salvation, was going to kill himself because the obvious explanation would be that all the prisoners ran out and took their freedom when they had the chance. So he was going to kill himself because back then, even losing one prisoner was a, was a shame beyond belief and was disgraceful. And so to lose all of them, to lose the whole, all the prisoners, um, he was going to die either way if he lost any of them. So he was just going to commit suicide right there. And yet Paul and Silas, through the Holy Spirit, kept all the prisoners there just to save one man's life. And the man that they're saving is the man that's imprisoning them. Do you ever want to save someone that you hate or that has done you wrong? No. 
But yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, they sat, they saw grace, they gave grace, they sat in patience and allowed the jailer to have a second chance and to not take his own life. And if we keep reading, we find out. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. And then... He and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into the house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. So through all this, one man was able to be saved. One man was able to receive and actually his whole household was able to receive their salvation and receive the Holy Spirit within them, understanding all of what God just did. Incredible. Incredible. And yet we have that same option. We have that same option right now to receive our salvation and to be saved. And then we talk about getting baptized in the very beginning of the episode, how important that is. And we get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And he and his whole household got baptized. Proclaiming that they know Jesus and that they believe in him with all their hearts. So we're going to go to one more, one more verse to kind of wrap this uh, to wrap this up, and it's going to be Romans chapter eight verses ten through eleven, and this one gets me so excited every time I read it. So bear with me. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies. By his same spirit living within you. That's crazy. That's crazy. And Christ lives within you. So even your body will die because of sin, right? We live in a sinful world. Yet the spirit gives you life. The spirit gives you life. God's spirit gives you life. Because you have made right with God. Because you have accepted his his desire and his want to be for you to be a part of his family. You've accepted that. All he wants is for you to be a part of his family. All he wants is the ability to love you as one of his children. That's all. That's all he wants. And you can give him that by giving him your life and receiving your salvation. All he wants is to love you. And this is the beautiful thing. Because God, the Spirit of God, so God, raised Jesus from the dead. It raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit did this. So God did this. Just as God raised Christ from the dead, we can be raised from the dead. He's going to raise us from the dead. After our earthly bodies die, if we give our salvation, if we receive our salvation and give our lives to Christ, then we receive the Holy Spirit, which raised Christ. We receive the Holy Spirit within us, so that means the Holy Spirit can raise us as well. And that's what it means when we die and we go to heaven. Our earthly bodies will die. But since we've received the Holy Spirit within our lives, we get to raise up just as Jesus did so we can spend eternity with the Almighty Father. How freaking crazy is that? Oh, jeez. And that is the Trinity. All are present here. That is the Trinity. The Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are all the same. They're all one. But they all have different roles. They're all different. God's the planner. His plan to Jesus to die on the cross. And then Jesus accomplishing the plan of God. And then the Holy Spirit raising and applying what Jesus has learned in our lives and raising Christ up so that we may also receive the Holy Spirit and be raised up as well when we die. It all comes full circle. And it all is the Trinity and the Trinity is beautiful and it's something that we need to study and understand. So again, to overview, I kind of just did an overview of the of the Trinity in this series. But the Father is the planner, the Son is the accomplisher of that plan, and the Holy Spirit is the applier of what Jesus has taught us. And it's all confirmed in the Holy Spirit. That is what we spent the last three episodes 
proving and going through the word and seeing where it proves the Trinity and where it explains the Trinity and references the Trinity so we may receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and be risen again after we die and spend eternity with our Lord and Savior. How cool is that? We get to spend eternity with God. And it's not through good deeds. It's not through just do better, Johnny, or you can do better. You just sin less. Do more good things than bad things. It's not through that. Because that's going to fail every single time. Because we're sinful people. We are sinful. That is our flesh. That is something we have to fight every day. And yet he's given us He's given us the ability to receive grace and to receive him and to receive his Holy Spirit. So it's not by works, but it's by the death of Jesus on the cross to give us the ability to receive our salvation and to repent for our sins. Not to try to do better, not to outdo our sins, but to ask for repentance of our sins and then ask for help to do better on them. But it doesn't have anything to do with that. Our salvation doesn't have anything to do with that. All we have to do is believe. That's all you have to do. There's no works involved. Yes, there's works that come from believing. Obviously wanting to do right by God. But you don't have to do good things. You don't have to not sin anymore. You can't sin one more time or all this is forgotten about. No. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is receive the Holy Spirit into your life. Receive God and become part of his family. Let him be your father. He's a good father. I don't know why you wouldn't want to let him be your father. He's a good, good father. He's the best father you'll ever have. Because all he does is love you. And all he wants is the opportunity to love you and for you to love him back. That's all he wants. And by the grace of God, he's allowed me to give you that opportunity today. Right now. To receive Christ and the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, all in your life, to receive them in you right now. So you may have his Holy Spirit within you, so you may know him, become part of his family, so he can love you, and so that you can love him back. Watch what kind of plan the planner has for you, and so the Holy Spirit can show you all the things that Jesus has done for you as the accomplisher. So if you're feeling led, like I said in the beginning of the episode, if you're still feeling led to give your life to Christ and to accept all that this Trinity has for you and to be part of God's family, you can do that right now. I'm going to pray. You can repeat right after me. But just know that this is the biggest decision of your life. And soon, right after this, if you do give your life to Christ, you're going to want to get baptized. You're going to want to Declare your faith out to the world. And again, you're getting baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just as we give our lives to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, if this is your time, bow your heads, close your eyes, put your hands together, and take off your hats as respect of what we are about to do. Repeat after me. Dear Lord, I believe in you. I believe that your Son died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that he rose again three days later. Father, I am here to receive my salvation and to receive the love that you have given me. Father, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, for dying for my sins. Father, I believe that you are the one true God. And that there is no God before you. And I choose to give my life to you from this day forward to the end of my days. I will follow you, Father, because I believe in you. And I accept my salvation. Thank you, Father. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you have received the Holy Spirit within your life. And now the Holy Spirit dwells within you. The Father of all fathers, the God Almighty, the one who created you and the universe is now dwelling within you and is so excited that you opened up the door and let him in. 
and now you now he's in there and now he's not leaving because he's been waiting for this moment since before you were even born since he created you he's known you he's wanted this moment and now he's inside and now he can love you like with all the love that he can give you and remember we're talking about god and you just let him in and now he can love you and now you can go love him and now you're a part of his family this is an exciting time this is a beautiful time this is the most important thing you could have possibly done in your life you have received your salvation you will now once your physical body dies you'll be able to go to heaven and spend eternity with him what a beautiful beautiful thing you just did and he's so happy he's so excited he's ecstatic for you so now he can show himself to you and he can love you like crazy go celebrate this is a massive moment go celebrate with somebody go tell someone what just happened get yourself a, a a word a bible if you don't already have it study it understand it i mean that's where that's where we get all of this knowledge where this knowledge i give to you about the trinity the lord has shown me through his word so go to his word find community find uh, other believers find those who have given their life to christ find other believers to go in community and to learn about now remember now remember, when going into community, they are all we are all sinful people and we still make our mistakes. So it's not going to be perfect. But that is precisely why we should go into community um, to grow in our faith. Because we can see you know, all the good and the bad that comes. Because Christians aren't perfect and we're not going to be. And neither are you. But you've given your life to Christ just like all these others have. And you guys can grow in your faith together. Go, get a cake, do something exciting because this is the most exciting thing in your life. And also pray about getting baptized, because like I've said over and over again in this episode, it's important, because Jesus said it was important. And we get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just like you've given your life to the, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Trinity itself. I'm happy for you guys. I'm so thankful that you're here listening. I hope that through this series, the Trinity series, um, that you have learned a lot about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, the planner, the accomplisher, and the applier. I hope this has grown your faith. I mean, it definitely has grown mine and grown my knowledge in it, being able to do all this research. So thank you, Father, for allowing me to do this. Thank you for listening. Um, again, share this episode. Uh, tell me in reviews if you've given your life to Christ. I would, I would love to hear because then I could pray for you um, and pray for that next journey. So... Again, leave reviews, send it out, share it with as many people as you can so we can get this out there. Thank you guys for listening. I love you guys with all my heart, soul, and mind. I know the big man does too. Go and live out this day for the Lord and with that knowledge of the Trinity. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.